Hey, future Black and Latinx leaders. You are listening to the Keys to the Office podcast, where we interview amazing professionals who share their individual career paths to set you up for success. We're giving you the keys to the office, and all you need to do is show up ready to unlock the door. Let's jump into today's episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Keys family. Um, We have a pretty special episode today. Um, I consider this woman a friend of the family, and she is a rock star in the real estate space. She's a mom, she's a wife, um, she's a Hampton native for all of you from the 757, um, and she's been a full-time entrepreneur for many years, right, in I find her to be an awesome coach and I've told her that already. So she knows I will probably like nudge her to, to start that formally and, and expand on that, but uh, she has so much wisdom to share. So I'm excited to talk to Rashida Clark. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for this. Yay. Yay. All right. So <laughs> I gave my version of an introduction. Um, tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Okay. I always feel like I can't really answer this question, but I'm sure I probably do. And mm-hmm. I just don't, I'm not satisfied with the answer, but um, I am a, like you said, a Hampton native, and I really started a career in community outreach and youth engagement in the city of Hampton. So I have a love for relationship building mm-hmm. and educating people and helping people reach their potential and it really probably started with my first career um, as a community organizer. So that was my job, my life before real estate, um, working in the communities to try to, our job was to try to connect community and the city government, right? So we wanted them to work together. Okay. Um, on, on all different levels. So um, lots of things were going on in, in local government because I was there during the last recession. Mm decided I was tired of waiting someone to waiting on someone to give me a raise to promote me to see my potential and possibly going to go through another reduction in force so I said I think I'm just gonna try it on my own and Mm -hmm. that's how I got into real estate so been doing this for eight years now almost it doesn't even seem that long (laughs) that's a long time you've seen a lot Yeah, it's a long time in real estate because, you know, like, I think it's like 90% of licensees don't really make it past like two years. Mm -hmm. So it is a long time. I want us to talk about the reasons for that, too. So don't let me forget. But um, look, I got a little I got a little notepad. Yes, I want to I want to because and and for those who don't know, um, I think Rashida and I have talked about this already. I jumped into real estate. I tried it out, tested it um back in what was that like 08 09 ish so right okay mm-hmm. so I'll tell you why it didn't work for me but um we'll we'll dive into that I guess back up for a second what did you see yourself being when you grew up like did you know you wanted to get into the community service space like what was the vision um coming up through school for you 
Um, I don't know that I really had one. So I had lots of different, I was never the person like in, at a young age was like, I'm going to grow up and be a doctor. Like mm-hmm. I never had this concrete idea of what I wanted to do, which is kind of me. Like I like to kind of float around and figure things out and see what feels right and what's going to work. So it's probably a personality flaw of some sort. No. <laughs> what? Stop. <laughs> well, you know, cause some people are just very matter of fact and like, mm. you know, I want to do this, but I, I just feel like, especially as a young person, I didn't know enough to know really what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, when I went to college, I wanted to major in business, but I took a, I think it was like a Sigma six, some type of business class. And I was like, Oh, this is not, my mind does not work like this. Mm. So let me readjust. Um, And so my undergraduate degree is actually in sociology. Okay. So I love understanding people and how they work and why they do things that they do and how to um, get on people's level to help them. Um, So I was eventually, once I figured that out, I was like, maybe I'll be a social worker, right? Mm -hmm. Do that part and do counseling. Uh, So I graduated with the the bachelor's and then I was going to go to Norfolk State to get a master's in sociology. uh, I mean, in social work, but do clinical social work. But um, I did an internship and I was like, you know, I just don't think I want to be in this. It's, it's a, that is a hard field. I mean, I feel like almost every field is hard now, but it's a very hard field and that's lots of burnout, right? You you have lots of responsibility and your heart is so in it because you're take you're you're helping people. Um but they just don't have the resources they need. They don't, you know, so I always will feel like I just can't help enough mm. and I don't know that I could turn it off. Um and it would just kind of bleed into my life. So I was like, I don't think that's me. So I kind of stumbled into the community organizing role. Mm-hmm. Um, it fits a little, you know, but it wasn't really social work per se. Mm-hmm. But um, I was a youth worker for the city of Hampton. So I did a lot of work as a young person there. So I kind of already knew um, how the city worked and had done some of that work before. And then when I saw that they were looking for community organizers, I was like, this may be it, you know, this may be what I'm looking for. And I loved it. I mean, I did love it. Um, I just didn't love the dynamics of the local government so much, but I loved what I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So not no like concrete thing at one time, I wanted to be a paramedic and then I wanted to be a stylist. And then I, you know, I just kind of like, just float around. Mm-hmm. Multi-passionate, I think. Is yes. The, yes. That's a I like that. You're putting it multi-passionate. <laughs> I like that. So my first major um, was social work and I just knew I was going to be a social worker and I kept hearing the money isn't there. The money isn't there. But I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to help people. And um a lot of that stemmed from volunteering throughout mm-hmm. my high school years mm-hmm. and seeing so much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to help people. Who knew that fast forward so many years, I'd end up helping people, but in a different capacity, right? Like not as a social worker, right? Um, but still using that passion, right? To help others. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying. Um, 
So you go through school, right? You're thinking sociology is the track. You go into community service. Um, that internship clarified things, which is why I highly recommend those in school take advantage of internship opportunities because it is an opportunity to test and learn and not waste money. Not right? Waste like, money. yep, that's it. School costs money. I don't care what anybody says. School costs mm-hmm. money and it's time that you are investing. And if you have absolutely no desire to go on that path, you're like, man, I wish I'd known this earlier. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially now as expensive as it is, it's just, you know, I tell my nieces, my cousins, I'm like, you really need to, it's hard when you're that young, but you, you need to really think about this because Mm -hmm. school is so expensive. And if you go into doing something that you really don't know, if you really want to do it, what you going to do, you back, you still got student loans to pay. You go go back and start all over. Like what what's what's the plan here? Yep. Yeah. Um, Agree. Agree completely. Um, I talked to good. So I have a mentor. I mean, a mentor. Uh, I have that too, but I have an intern. Um, she's a high school senior mm-hmm. and getting she's getting this experience right in the lines of her desired major, which is psychology. And I'm like, this is so awesome that your school actually requires this in the senior year. Like you are getting an internship, you're getting on the job experience so that you don't go into college thinking, I want to do this or that, right? We're, we're already testing it out before right. you start spending the extra money on school. So um, I mentioned mentor. And since I did, let me just jump into that because um, I understand the importance of having a mentor in that industry, in real estate. Mm-hmm. For me, I think that's why my career didn't go anywhere, right? Of course, the timing was rough as well, right? To jump into something and, and not have a clue. Um, I think I lost my grandmother, like right when I took my my exam to that, that mm-hmm. same day, technically. So not having the mentorship, right? in an industry that's not familiar, like I feel like I was destined to fail. Mm -hmm. So talk to us for a second about your thoughts on the importance of mentorship, if you had mentors coming up through the industry, and then beyond that, how you're serving as a mentor to others now. Sure. Um, It it is very important. I think that's why the turnover rate is so high because there isn't really, so, so you go, you get your, um, you do your principles of real estate classes, right? And it's really just theory. It's, it's like college, you know, Mm -hmm. everything is theory, it's books, it's, um, land laws, whatever state you're in. Um, it doesn't actually tell you how to sell real estate. So people think they got their license and there's going to jump right in. There's a whole, I mean, you're drinking from the fire hose, mm-hmm. <laughs> jump into real estate, just like any career, but it's because everybody's an independent contractor and every brokerage works a little bit differently and all that. A lot of them don't have very, uh, we'll say routine or, or um, outlined ways to bring in rookie agents. And some brokerages, to be honest with you, just are not set up for rookie agents. They don't even want to deal with it mm-hmm. right? because it does take, it, it takes some nurturing. Um, so when I uh, started, as I was coming from a nine to five, 
into uh, real estate. And so I knew it was going to be hard, but I wasn't completely like oblivious to the fact that I was going to have to put some real work into this. So I looked for a brokerage that had a rookie program Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, it was a university, so I won't name them, but they called it that brokerage, the university. And they had a, a rookie classes that lasted probably four to six weeks, something like that. Okay. Um, so you had time there you, where you were in the office, you would you would go through um, different classes, some that were led by the brokers and the owner, and then some that were led by experienced agents. Um, and they would teach you all of those little things that you would have to figure out yourself. So like how to do an open house, how to do a market analysis, what is the contract? What parts are required in the contract? How do you fill it out? You know, do if, how do you schedule home inspection? How do you do a showing? All of those things in between that you think I'm just going to, you, you know, because real estate seems super easy, right? Yeah. HGTV suggests it's a piece of cake. Just call the agent, show this house, <laughs> yep. right? Write this yep. contract. We're going to be in a bidding war. We're going to go you know, but what does that actually look like? Mm-hmm. So what are the forms you use? How do you fill out the forms? Some of the forms are confusing. They're full of legal language. So you have to do, you have to figure out all of that. Mm-hmm. So I chose a brokerage that would teach me that. Mm-hmm. Um, I Honestly, a lot of people don't because you've got different kinds of brokerages. Some of them you have to pay, you know, most people don't know we have to pay our broker a fee before we actually see our money. Um, so some people are very like, I, I, they want all their money. I want all my, you know, I want hundred percent brokerage, which is fine, but that means they're not going to train you. They're not going to give you some of those things that you need to succeed. Um, especially as a rookie agent. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really a mentor. I don't want to say I'm a mentor because I don't have a, you know, any kind of formalized anything, but whenever I run into people that say they want to get their license or sometimes some agents will send people, to me to talk to, I tell them right off the bat, you need to find a company that is going to train you when you get there. Some companies do offer like a mentorship program. I'm not a fan, but it could work Mm -hmm. um, where basically they have an experienced agent mentor the new agent. And then I guess they kind of get a cut of, you know, the contracts or whatever that they write up for a certain period of time. Um, the only reason I'm not a fan is because it's not a, it's not a program. There's no formality, you know, to what they're teaching, how they're teaching, what you're learning. Um, you know, it could be very haphazard. Mm -hmm. So how do you, you know, are you showing them how to write the contract? Are you just having them come along with you on showings or, you know, what, what exactly are you teaching? And is it right? Because a lot of people honestly don't know how to do real estate (laughs) people have bad habits and you know then you're you're carrying them on to you're passing them on to these new agents so it's a whole whole thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let me ask you something you've mentioned the word brokerage and I know there are a couple of terms um, that I just want to clarify for someone who's thinking about selling houses right it's it's happening there's money in it um, talk to us about brokerage, like what that is. Talk to us about realtor, right? Real estate salesperson. Like sometimes we are, okay. we're using these terms interchangeably, but there's a distinction, right? 
Yes, yes, there is. So a brokerage simply is just the real estate company that you're working for. Mm -hmm. So in Virginia, you have to, if you are just a licensed agent, um, you just have a, a resale license, your license has to be under a brokerage. So you've got to sell on under a brokerage. You can't sell on your own. Um, if you have a broker's license, you can you can open up your own brokerage and you can sell yourself, you know, so I could do Rashida Costly real estate and I can, you know, be on my own. Mm -hmm. um, so the difference between a, an agent, so everybody comes in as an agent, a licensed agent and the broker license is it's a step above. So it's like bachelor's versus master's. Okay. You know? So, and typically you have to have been in the business long enough or sold how many, you know, there's a criteria to whether, when it's time or when you're eligible to get your broker's license. Now, some states, they only call themselves brokers. So it just kind of depends. So this is Virginia, but, you know, if you got people listening in other places, there may only be brokers um, in mm. that state. And then the difference between realtor and real estate agent, anyone that's licensed is a real estate agent. As a realtor, the realtor association is basically like a union in a sense. Mm -hmm. So you have to pay to belong to the National Association of Realtors to be called a realtor. So it's a, it's like a title that's added to your real estate license. Mm -hmm. um, so anyone is a real estate agent if they're licensed, but if you're a realtor, you belong to, you have a membership um, as a, in the National Association of Realtors. Did I write that as? Yeah, I... I'm. I'm thinking. Um, so, in terms of a brokerage, it sounds like right, and this is me remembering. You can have agents under you, so it's you're still running your own business. You're still selling probably individually, but then you're also bringing others up under you. Yeah, sounds like a lot of work. Um, <laughs> and it can get really confusing because now the big thing is to have teams, right? So. Mm -hmm. Agents have, some agents have created these mega teams, but it's still underneath a brokerage. So let's mm -hmm. say, it's, you know, I'm at Remax, it could be Long and Foster, it could be some smaller, you know, mom and pop brokerage, which that's not, you know, to say anything bad about them, but it could, you know, so anybody can, can create a brokerage if they wanted to. Okay. Um, and then you have agents is where all, most of us are independent contractors. So you, even though you're working under that umbrella, you run your own business. And so you can have a team mm -hmm. um, and, and pull in new agents and buyers agents and people that do specialties and all kinds of things. So it can get a little, from the outside looking in, it can be a little complicated. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm like, what do you mean they have it? Like, what does that mean? Right. So talk to us about the obstacles because one might think, it's all fun and games, right? It's all shiny. And um, you close the deal, you know, six weeks later, your client moves in, everybody's happy. Um, show them three houses, right? Certain shows are obviously coming to mind. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I guess like, I know as someone who has now bought three houses that it is not, um, it is not easy. And I imagine it's significantly more complex as an agent who has multiple clients, right? So biggest, op biggest obstacle you've run into 
um, or what is it that you find most, the word is not going to be frustrating, the biggest challenge as a real estate agent, and you're also a mom, and you're also a Black woman, right? Like, there are a lot of pieces to this. Talk to us about the challenges so we don't think it's all roses. Sure. Look, let me, let me, lots pop into my mind. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, even it's particularly just the last couple of months, it just has seemed like so much is happening. Um, one of the things that I love about real estate is that it's never the same. <laughs> No house is the same. No client is the same. Even no loan. You know, even, I mean, mm. even the FHA loan, the banks, you know, you've got different banks and they have different appraisers and there's always something new to learn. Yeah. Um, so one of one of the challenges, though, is as an agent, you are there's a lot that you don't control. There's a whole lot you don't control. You are like herding cats. Um. So you are trying to kind of orchestrate a a process um, and get everyone on the same page, but a lot of that you don't have control over. So you also kind of take the heat sometimes when things go sideways, even though you can't fix it. I uh, had to kind of get over that, you know, not, I don't have any control over it. All I can do is give you the information and then it's just going to be what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause you try to, you just want, especially for your clients, you want to try to, you know, deal with everything and some stuff you just can't, it's going to be, you know, we're closing late. I don't know what to tell you. The lender says X, Y, Z. Um, so that is definitely a challenge. Yeah. Um, the other big one is the fluctuation of income right? Because you, you're working for yourself. So you have to, you got to work else it's not going to work. So you've got to consistently be doing what we call income producing activity. So mm-hmm. bringing in new clients, marketing yourself, branding yourself, um, prospecting. When you stop doing that, most of the time your money is going to stop. Wow. Right. So, you know, if you're not, if you're not pulling in new clients on a consistent basis, because we, when we're doing business, our business usually is 30 to 45 days out, maybe even 60, depending on if it's a buyer or seller. Mm-hmm. So we've always got to be forward thinking about what's happening or what's to come. What, who do I have in the pipeline um, and you know, building that pipeline? And I think for anyone transitioning from nine to five to true entrepreneurship, that's a huge mindset shift because- you know, nine to five, most time, all this stuff is done for you, right? Yeah. yeah. People come, people come in the door at the storefront, they call in on the phone, you know, the market is already handled, but Mm -hmm. you're an entrepreneur, you got to make it happen for you. And so I was thinking because real estate was, it looked easy anyway, you know, to some extent people would just come, Yeah. they would call and, you know, but that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm, that ain't gonna mm-hmm. happen. And real estate is definitely a, it is a business where there sometimes can be a lot of um, agents. I mean, you're competing against a lot of people, oversaturation, yeah. especially in some areas. And so how do you make yourself stand out against, you know, a thousand other agents in your, in your area? Mm-hmm. Um, now, mind you, 
even, you know, even that a thousand agents or whatever, half of them probably haven't even sold a deal, but they're still licensed. You know, they still may be um, out there trying to do some things, but you've got to figure out how to stand out. And it's so much noise now. And mm -hmm. so what does that look like for you? So you've really got to put your entrepreneurship hat on to figure it out. Definitely a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um you you like you want me to keep <laughs> I mean I'm I'm actually sitting here writing um because really a lot of this translates across the board into mm -hmm. others other areas of entrepreneurship, right? It's not limited to real estate, mm -hmm. but we know there's so many uh external factors that impact your ability to do business, the way you do business client flow. We're talking about interest rates. We're talking recession. Like there's so much happening in this very moment that impacts your business. Mm -hmm. And so I think of someone who, not someone specific, but I think of those who want to get into this space and maybe they've been scrolling the gram and they're like, oh, someone's flipping houses. Let me do that. That looks good. Like it's not all fun and games, right? So, you know, and, and let me stay here for a second because I see a lot of that on the gram. I see a lot of that on TikTok. So talk to us for a second because you've been doing this for a long time. Like you've seen the ebbs and flows of the market for the student or, you know, the man, woman who's out there looking at the glitz and glam of those who are flipping properties, right? From your experience, and I mean, the shiny cars, the airplanes, I see it all. Um, you know, thoughts and things to consider before diving headfirst into that space. Yes, um, first and first, because you mentioned social media, do not believe everything you see on social media. Mm. Thing. Um, mm -hmm. I was I was talking one of my colleagues we were talking about marketing on social media right and how we we were some of the early adopters I, so the first brokers we were at was um older very white and I only say that because we were young black and brown agents mm -hmm like three of us in the whole brokerage, so right? So um, we start, I mean, so this was eight, nine years ago. So we're starting on social media. Like, what do you, we don't, that's not how you get clients. That's not going to work. You know, yeah. social, no, you call, you, you cold call, you pick up the phone. So it, it was <laughs> social media now though, is so glitzy, glammy, you know, and I call it catfishing. Like a lot of people, are on social media catfishing, mm -hmm. um, showing that they're doing this and selling that, but in reality, they aren't. So just be very careful in any industry about what you're paying attention to on social media. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it can, you know, you can make a little nothing look like a whole lot of something on social media. Um, so with that being said, transitioning into it you do we I recommend that people have at least like six months of savings that in itself is hard because especially as millennials and almost any generation now a lot of people don't have a lot of cash saved like mm -hmm. they just they just don't but if you're going full-time into real estate you've got to be able to sustain yourself yeah 
And then as a mom, um, or even a single person, like how, what is your plan? Are you, how are you going to be able to pay your bills until you close that first deal? Because a lot of people don't close a deal for a couple months mm. with agents. Where are, do you have health insurance? You know, you've really got to sit down and think about your life and what it means for you. If you're going to go full-time as an agent. Mm-hmm. Now I recommend, and this is not what my first brokerage would say, but it's okay to go part-time like and kind of transition into real estate because mm-hmm. it is true entrepreneurship. It's true entrepreneurship. I mean, yeah. there's no, there's nothing to fall back on your broker, your, your company, that brokers may not send you leads. You may be on your own. You got to have some marketing money. You got to have some money to pay your bills. You got some money to put gas in your car. You know, you've really got to kind of think it through before you kind of jump headfirst into something like this. Um, If I were single, I don't even know if for some of those years, if I would have been able to sustain myself, you know, so as a, as a married person, my husband, you know, is kind of the backbone for life, uh, health insurance, life insurance, all those kinds of things, which Mm -hmm. is a huge help because the, the business, just like everything else, it does have cycles, you know, it ebbs and flows. So we are, some people say we're in a recession. Some people say it's just a slowdown. I don't know what that even means, but. <laughs> it's painful. And when I look at a thing of eggs and it's $6 and some change, I'm like, I just feel like I need to raise my own chickens in the backyard at this point. But yeah. <laughs> yep. So, and, and, and you, you feel that. So when I came in, so I bought my first house and I was like in 2008, give or take, mm-hmm. right before the drop in the market and the prices and all that stuff. And I also was still working, ended up getting laid off and there was lots of things happening. Um, but for agents that were in that market, they had to figure it out. Like, so maybe I'm not selling, you know, 60 houses this year. Maybe I'm only selling 40. What does that look like? Is my lifestyle still up mm. here or have I had to readjust and bring it down? You know, do I have an extra assistant that I may have to let go of? And, you know, what does that look like for her? So you you do have to constantly just kind of be aware of what's happening in the local economy, but also nationally, because sometimes that can reverberate into wherever you are. Um, so it's, it's, you know, constant moving and shaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is good. Um And when I say it's good, it's like the side of becoming a real estate agent that we don't talk about enough because we see the fun stuff and the cute stuff and, oh, there's so much money to be made when you close on that first house. Um, But there's also money to be spent on the front end, right? Like you started running down this list and I was like, health insurance, life insurance, gas in the car to take the clients around and like clothes because you gotta look a certain way when you show the house like at uh, belonging to the to the MLS that is a cost mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a prepared for it was like a fifteen hundred dollars or two thousand dollars or something when I first started out because I had to if your broker so if your brokerage is a realtor brokerage you have to become a realtor um so we had to uh, pay for membership, a yearly membership for the NAR right off the bat. So mm-hmm. it was that cost. It was the MLS cost, you know, any of your marketing stuff, postcards, but you know, all that stuff you've got to, yeah, you've got to definitely put it in there. 
and figure it out. Yeah. So that's why you say six months. And, I, and I'm even thinking beyond that, especially when market conditions feel a little crazy um, mm-hmm. and uncertain, you might need a real cushion. Um, and, and even let, let me say this, because you pointed something out. You don't have to jump head first into this, sp- this space full time, right? Right. Tiptoe into it on a part-time basis. Mm-hmm. Use your nine to five to fund all the things that are required to get on your feet. Yes, definitely. Because I mean, um, and it just depends on people's situation too. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be realistic about, I mean, you don't want your whole life to come crashing down because you haven't closed a deal in three months. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like your car being repossessed, like what? We need to. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. You definitely have to take some time. And because it's so glamorous, people think, it's just a very easy thing. And honestly, during COVID, it was easy, right? Mm. It was. So there. that's part of the ebb and flow. So during COVID, you could put a shack online and it's selling for $20,000 over. Wait, not a shack. A but shack. like, I Anything. remember when, when we bought this house last year and like the madness that was the madness that was going on with homes being purchased sight unseen and no inspection. Like there was so much that was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So realtors were like real, real estate agents were, were closing deals, right? Yeah. And money was full of Uh-huh. And then now, now we're here. Right now we're here. Yeah. Realtors were, I mean, so you, in times like that, tons of people get in to the market, right? Everybody mm. goes to their because they're like, oh, it's so easy. Oh, you can, yeah. oh, I can. And, 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 and technically you could. It was. Yeah. But if you're looking for longevity, um, you, you've got to get in and put in some work. So now we're back to traditional, mm-hmm real estate, you know, so it, right. The market isn't crashing. It's normalizing, right. Cause that was not sustainable. I mean, it just wasn't crazy. Yeah. It, that wasn't sustainable. So, so it's normal. It's getting back to normal now mm-hmm. and people are having to readjust because now you're, you're, you may not be selling an extra four or five homes a month. Yeah. You know, one, the interest rates almost 8%, or it might be 8% today. I haven't even checked, but don't say that. <laughs> I haven't even checked, you know, so people are pulling out of the market. People don't have as much cash because everything costs more. Mm -hmm. Um, People aren't waiving inspections. Some listings may have to have a price reduction. I've had agents go, I've I've never had to reduce a price on a listing. And I'm like, here we are. Yeah. Well, got in real fast, you know, Mm -hmm. and hasn't had the experience of this kind of market. So yeah. you're looking like, whoa, what just happened? Exactly. <laughs> How did we get here. <laughs> exactly. So, so when I said from the beginning that you are such a mentor and I know you clarified, you said, well, I don't have anything formal, but like the informal mentorship, right? Just in this conversation we've had, you have a wealth of information and experience to share with individuals coming up in this space or even just interested, right? With some questions. 
Um, and you've shared a lot of that with us today, Rashida, and I'm I'm so grateful. Um, I think about the fact that this podcast is called The Keys to the Office, right? And it's really about talking about career paths with our communities, with our Black and Latinx communities, individuals who are out there like, I think I want to get into this space, but I'm really not sure what that looks like. And, you know, is it all fun and games or is it really like a lot? Um, and so you shared all that with us, but I think about like putting a bow on it. If I'm listening today and I'm intrigued and I want to know more, like what's that one key to like taking that next step to, to start this career, right? What, where do I go to get more information? How do I get started? Um, so aside from the classes, right, I would say reach out to an agent wherever you are and have coffee with them or go, you know, have lunch. And and if especially if there's someone, you know, that that will talk to you and like have a real conversation with them about the market, about how they got started to kind of see what their experience was and how they how they got in and they may give you real advice like they may be honest with you and say hey this is if I could do it again this is what I would do mm. and and start from there the other other way um that someone could kind of if you wanted to do a full transition like a full-time transition you could go in under a team um, sometimes we discount that because I, I mean, I know I did, cause I was like, I want to go on my own. Cause I, that's why I'm transitioning into entrepreneurship. Right. I don't know a boss and blah, blah, blah. But some of these mega teams, um, they are getting a lot of leads and so they can feed you, you know, business, yeah. they can feed you business. So you can very well get into a team, um, that the team lead will train you right? On how they run things. They'll train you on contracts. They will feed you leads. They may have expectations about, you know, how often they want you to be working, how fast they want you to respond to leads, but there's a lot to be said for what they can provide for you. So that's a way to kind of get your foot in the door um, with less overhead mm -hmm. and also with getting some training, some much, much needed training that you may not be able to get as easily on your own. I mean, you would get it, but you'd have to piece it together. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And pull it together. So that's, that's an option. I mean, and then when you grow enough, you can always come off the team and go on your own. Mm -hmm. So I would, those would be my two suggestions. I love this. I knew I would. Um, so tell us, how can we find you? How can we support you? And for those looking to get into the space and maybe learn more, how can we get support from you? Um, see, you, you, this mentor thing is like, I'm stuck. Like, I, I, I want this. I can just totally see you being a coach in this space as someone who doesn't even want to get back into real estate. And I say that out loud at the moment, I reserve the right to change it next week. Yes. yes. But, but like it's, it flows so naturally for you that I just, I think of the many people who would benefit from it. So maybe it's just we'll following you on social. We'll, we'll have to talk. We'll, yes. Because my mind does not work like that. Um, but, <laughs> and you can find me on social media. Yes. Um, uh, it's, well, I had to, so I got kicked off. My last Instagram is gone. We'll talk about that later, but, um, oh, I am Sheeta the realtor. So S H E E D A the realtor. 
Um, on Facebook, I'm Settle in Seven Five Seven. Okay. So, yeah, that was my Instagram name at one point. Um, but you're you're welcome to reach out to me, follow me. You can send a message. I'm happy to talk to you um, and just share what I know. Mm-hmm. At some point, I would love to be a mentor. I just have not actually worked that out yet. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited about it, even though we haven't discussed it yet. But I just, I swear, just listening to you um, now and in, in our last conversation, I'm like, oh my gosh, she has so much to share. Like someone is going to pay her top dollar to get them across that hurdle and get them oh, wow, started in I this business. It. I'm speaking that it's happening. I would love it. And I, um, and, the, and that's kind of how, so I did start writing like a, I call it like a rookie program, but it was basically a program that, um, or a class, I guess you could say that would teach you beyond just the basics of the principles class. It just, I never, I'm just all over the place. So I never really finished it and marketed it well. Mm -hmm. So I'll maybe get back there at some point, but just being in this business and then also, so I get called some agents for advice. Um, Some people that have been selling longer than I have, you know, which is fine, but I'm just like, that's how I know. Like you have a lot of agents that are poorly trained and, Mm -hmm. and that's why I wanted to, do that class because people just kind of come in. Yeah. They just start doing their own thing. So I'm I'm happy to share, you know, my my information, my knowledge, because we we are in here to make make money, build legacies, all that stuff. And you gotta um, you gotta know your stuff, you know, um, to really get where you want to go. Yeah. Build legacies, right? talk about generational wealth and mm-hmm. keeping it in the community and we could go on and on and on but I think yes, it's starts... it bad but yes <laughs> I know I think it starts with conversations like this one right yeah. like not gatekeeping because that is what I experienced I didn't have anyone who looked like me specifically right everyone was other um looked like me to sort of talk to me about what they learned right um, so I think it's it's important for us to continue to share that information with others coming up in the space. So I thank you for taking the time out to chat with me today. Like I appreciate it more than you know. I've said it already, but I appreciate it and I'll say it again. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, we we've got to talk. We'll talk about legacies and all that. Cause yeah, it's it's definitely and depending on your location. I know for us, we don't have a lot of on the peninsula, a lot of uh, black and brown people mm-hmm. um, in real estate. And it was definitely a little bit of an uphill battle for me to figure mm-hmm. out some things to like, so I had to learn it. I had to go out there looking for information and figure it out. So yeah. I'm happy to share what I know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you, love. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All Thanks. right. Bye. If you're hearing this message, you have listened to the entire episode. And for that, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a review and check out our website at www.thekeystotheoffice.com. We look forward to connecting with you in a future episode. Until then, go be amazing.